A flood tide of filth is engulfing our country in the form of newsstand obscenity and is threatening to pervert an entire generation. <coughs> Yes, much of this material has been described as an illustrated, detailed course in perversion. Oh, God, deliver us, America, from evil. The last episode we had, we, uh was like at the very beginning of this whole coronavirus, at least from like our, it being interjected into our reality. Cause I remember hearing something about it like a week or two prior to it, like the panic setting in here. And um, I was already like washing my hands a bunch. I was like, uh, <laughs> I remember we went to like a grocery store, you know, we went to a, gas station we inside the little mini mart and uh i was like you know what i saw some alcohol and i was like yeah why not just buy this uh if, if you know it's gonna they're saying it's gonna happen here you know might as well and i'm really glad i bought that and the guy was like hey like i didn't even know we sold this stuff and i was like yeah it might be a good idea to grab some and i remember the week prior to that i was like i, I remember just like listening to the radio or hearing something um and i just happened to be on because i don't really listen to the radio anymore and they're saying like oh yeah you know it's gonna be coming to the united states and i was like okay fuck this let's go to get a mask so i <laughs> went and I, and I went to like home or lowe's i went to like the you know hardware stores and like the like the grocery or whatever stores that sell like you know medicine and shit like that and i was like okay let's see if they have something here fucking already nothing and this was like the beginning of this had to be like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, like the beginning of the the month, yeah. maybe a little bit earlier. And I was like, holy shit, like, fuck, that sucks. They're all out. Like, people were ahead of it. I guess people were paying more attention than I was at the moment. I, I mean, I, I we, we heard about it, but we didn't, it, wasn't, it didn't hit home just yet that soon, did it? Yeah. A little bit. But probably because I started seeing all the panic buying at work. Oh, that's right. Everyone. Everyone buying up all the sanitizers, and then me going to all the fucking doctor's offices and ports and shit. So I remember when I went to vote, I looked at dregs. I was like, everyone was so close together. I was like, ah, I was like, is this really safe right now? And then I was like, right, right. And two it was, weeks after it, that, it was like full on lockdown. Yeah, and and we had, I mean, we hadn't done anything because life has sort of shifted a, a bit quickly and dramatically. Um, uh, into where we are now and you know those what were those like first couple weeks like for you I mean because I think it's good to talk about you know our own human experience because well, I mean the last couple of things that we did for enter the void we we're talking about like um just politics and stuff and you know at that point in time our like worst thing was like oh how how's Bernie gonna do in the primaries but life has changed and priorities have kind of changed since then right Remember the good old days when those were the biggest worries? <laughs> yeah. Oh, those were wonderful. What's the experience been for you since this has, you know, taken place? 
Um, fucking anxiety riddled fucking nightmare. I've barely even like followed the news as much as I usually do because it's been too fucking stressed. Get like migraines every fucking day. It's horrible. Anywhere you go, you think you're gonna die. Going to work, you got like probably 13, 14, 15 different buildings I have to walk into, elevators, touching fucking hundreds of doorknobs and buttons. Going into a fucking doctor's office that's doing screening for fucking COVID. That was that fucked me up for a few days. Oof. That that does sound kind of rough. So they 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 is it doctor's office, so obviously they're ordering some sort of you know supplies. Yeah, they're ordering all their all their sanitizing wipes and Purell and every just like everybody else, but didn't fucking have them. So walking into a COVID screening office and they can't even fucking sanitize their own shit. Right. That that oh, great. <laughs> I mean, so so now we. I mean, as everyone knows, you know, like there's these precautions that everyone has to take. So. That itself, going into a place like that, and it's like we already have to go to the grocery store, and you know, we're it's just like a whole new change. And and here in America, you know, I don't know uh, how well everyone really adapts to change very well, especially when it involves being considerate of the you know space around you, right? Yeah. So it's nerve wracking. Been coughed on every time I've gone to a grocery store. That's that's awful. Been. <laughs> Three times, but still. It's fucking annoying. One time it happened three times. Oh, they just kept coughing? Yep, twice in the grocery... No, three different people, same grocery store, twice inside the grocery store, just before they started doing all the, uh, fucking mosquito, get the fuck off of me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it happened twice inside the grocery store before they started doing all the social distancing, like, mandatory stuff, so everyone was just kind of free-for-all. And so I was like, I said, fuck this. I told Dre, I was like, you got to get all this stuff. I'm going to have a fucking panic attack in here. So I went out by my car in the middle of the parking lot. Some dude, has the whole fucking parking lot to walk through, walks right past me and fucking coughs again. Ugh. <laughs> it's just one of those fucking cursed. Yeah, that, that's one of those moments where it's like this shit keeps cascading down. And then it's like you finally reach the bottom of it. You think you're in an open space where you're cool and then, you know, a bird shits on you or something like that. Like it's, it's yeah, that sucks. I mean, and it, it does. It, 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 I mean, for me, like, you know, like trying to help out my parents and trying to show them like, you know, and just people in my family, like, you know, you need to take this seriously. Uh, and it's like, it seems like the older generations don't really, they had a hard time grasping that, you know, we're not invincible. Um, that you know that this this is a real thing that we're gonna have to deal with, and I don't I don't know why. And I know people are like, well, look at all the millennials down at the beaches and stuff like that. But it's like there's a lot of us that haven't been doing shit like that. Like yeah, like there might be people that are, uh, you know, on spring break, and it's like, oh, we're in college. It's our first year in college, our first semester in college. We need a party. That does happen. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot of adults that That's take it seriously. Unavoidable too. Like, and it's. It's it's been a rapid change, and I mean, yeah, like in, it's like at, f- at the first point of standing in line for a grocery store, I was like, 
yeah, I'm not going to do this. And I, you know, drove off. Uh, and I was like, I can't, I can't do that. But now <laughs> after going, I went to a grocery store recently and I was like, nope, mom, you're staying in the car. I finally convinced her because she just, you know, insists on just continuing nice. the routine. And I was like, mm, not happening. Uh, you're going to stay in the car. Like you had to like, just put my foot down. And, and it's like, you know, yeah, the older people are susceptible to it and they might be a little bit more vulnerable, but anyone can get it. And, you know, whatever unfolds from that is, um, you know, it's not good for anybody, no matter who gets it, you know? Um, yeah. And like 20% of the people getting it and hospitalized for it are 20 to 40 year olds. Yeah. And, and if it gets to a point where they don't have enough ventilators, like those 20 to 40 year olds that need the ventilators will die if they don't get them. Yeah, and it's because twenty to twenty to forty, you you can like get on the ventilator, and your odds are you're gonna be fine and walk away from it. But if you don't have the ventilator, you're gonna die if you're at that point. Right, and and so we're we're fucked. Well, let's let's hope it doesn't get to that point. But uh, it it it, it turns to a point where like I I went inside the grocery store and I was like. Okay, over the intercom, they're like, please practice social distancing. And I'm like, no, like, see, you can say that all you want, but if you're just letting the doors open and I walked in freely, I didn't have to wait in a line. The only line there was was um, to check out. But there's people all over and I like heard people coughing and I and I had a mask on, you know, I was lucky enough to get one from a friend and and I was like, uh, this fucking sucks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> Yeah, like these people are coughing. There's a whole bunch of people everywhere, and like, everywhere I turned, there was another person, and I was like in there for an hour trying to find all this stuff for them because I've never been in the grocery store before. Don't know where anything is, and you've never been in a grocery store before. No, I I never hadn't been in, in this one because we went to a different grocery oh. store because my aunt had said, oh, you know, they have a lot of stuff. They had everything I needed, but what they didn't have was a line. And now, you know, being exposed to the lines. I prefer a line because that means there's less people in the store just being morons and coughing everywhere. And, and, and they were lining up in front. Exactly. Their line got so long, they were lining in front of like the, the um, storage doors. And um, I was like, is this for real? Like, I have to like go in between you people to like, like, like to, to get what I need to get. Like, like this is not social distancing. <laughs> Everyone's super close to one another and it sucks. And, um, it's almost impossible when you're out like shopping to get food. It's almost impossible. Yeah. And tell me about it. Cause at work for me, it's like a nightmare being inside like a, like a small office and like no one, no, I work and not until today. And this is a month after this has happened three weeks to a month to where this shit started to kick in has had, had my work started to say, we need to like buy cleaning supplies to, you know, wipe down the door handles and stuff like that. And I'm like, Good luck. And through the first couple of weeks, I'm sitting here thinking, like, it's just a matter of time. I hear people coughing every day, having a coworker cough all over fucking computers and shit. Hell yeah. Totally we're makes up to me feel. 300 people in our neighborhood now. What happened? I said we're up to 300 people in our neighborhood now. Oh, in, in, in the city that has it? Of known, yeah, of known cases in our city. Oh. Okay, so yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is, is it's been it's been growing, um, and it, it's just like it seems like it's unavoidable now, and it's we haven't hit the peak yet, but it's it's definitely been an anxiety sort of ridden 
you know, moment for everyone because like the worst, the last thing you want to do is is get it. But I mean, even more so, you don't want to pass it on to anyone that's vulnerable. So it's been really yeah. interesting seeing all of this unfold. And you know, I didn't think. Uh, I mean, I, I no one, no one just. I don't know. It's been different, and it makes me wonder how how things are going to shape up going forward. I mean, it, we've sort of been just blindsided by this. I mean, as we said, like everything was all politics and now it's like <laughs> the old ways of this country are going to crumble. Everything's going to go to shit. See, and that's have to make a new republic. What what really sucks about this is that, you know, for all the things that, you know, we worried about for like with having a Donald Trump as the president, <laughs> The last fucking thing that we thought that would happen would a fucking pandemic. Yeah, that's that's fucking crazy. God damn it! But it's just like okay, it got Ugh. it was bad. It's always been bad. But you know what? Like like for instance, you know, it's like we you can hate everything as much as you want, but you'll never hate it quite as much until you're living that. So yeah, we we have been far from a lot of the things that that you know. uh Trump's actions have been, you know, directly, you know, um, affecting people. Um, and now it's like, okay, well, we all have a common, you know, disdain for this guy, but we also have a common fucking problem on our hands. I don't know what you're talking about. We have, we're all in this. It's just a hoax. Oh. It's a hoax and it's April 1st. So oh, it's, it's just been a long, it's been a big joke, an extended April 1st joke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all just to make Donald Trump look bad, man. Yeah, that's it's all it's all it has been. It's all these fucking, all these liberal mayors and governors trying to fucking make Trump look like a piece of shit. And they're gonna taint the economy just to prove their point. Yeah, absolutely fucking ridiculous. So, should we? I guess that we shouldn't have be too surprised that things shaped out this way. And the way he's been handling it the entire time is, you know, it's it's we went from from you know. Oh, is Elizabeth Warren gonna endorse Bernie Sanders? To oh, hey, like there's a massive pandemic spreading across the globe, and uh, the absolute worst fucking person is in charge right now. So uh, yeah, good job. Hope you enjoy that. So uh, with that being said, just to go back and look, because I mean, once we were in this, we're like, how did it get this way? And then if you weren't completely paying attention to politics at the time uh or like involved in what was going on because as it rapidly unfolded you don't know what was being said so you know uh going back and looking it up yeah he hasn't handled this well and actually goes back a couple of years right he's he this this has been uh, in the making this pandemic started cutting the funding to the cdc Right. So I have a timeline here of, of everything he's done. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but apparently they had a playbook for called the Playbook for Early Response to High Consequence Emerging Effect, Infectious Disease, Threats and well, Biological just get rid of Incidents. That. Yeah. That's a waste of money. Just toss that out the door because it's not the last thing. You, when does that ever happen? It never happens on a big scale and it's never going to happen in America. Not on my watch. You know what I mean? At least not in the next four years. I'm going to roll the dice on that one. That was in 2017. Um, and the goal was uh, begin early procurement of PPE, um, personal protective equipment, right? 
uh, materials for healthcare workers as soon as the threat is identified. Mm. Yeah, that. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Oh Jesus! That was part of the protocols there. Another one was uh, concentrate on early diagnostic capacity, which is government speak for having a mountain of of the tests that you need on hand to uh, test people so you know where the threat's emerging and how to contain it and how rapidly it's spreading. Get rid of it. Get, get it. Throw it out the door. Like, who needs this? It, you know what it is? It's the bloated government. This is just too much administrative stuff. Like, it's a waste just get of money. rid of it. It's a waste of money. Um, uh, we need we need we need to build a wall. We need you know we don't need a test for this shit. Uh, February, two thousand eighteen. Um, CDC to cut eighty percent of efforts to prevent global disease outbreak. So, uh, like like the CDC operating and around the globe, you know, uh, gets gets cut and scaled back. Um, <laughs> by by January of two thousand nineteen. Um, it was definitely, I guess, the national. Let's say, it was uh, an outbreak was considered uh, definitely like something to be concerned about. Of course, uh, ignored, but definitely the world continues to be vulnerable to this. And if you're cutting, you're not paying attention to the playbook, and you're cutting the the funding for it. I mean, you're just opening the door for something like this to happen, right? Pretty much. I mean, and then it started in like December in China, but but uh, all throughout this, we've had months to prepare, months to like 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 ramp shit up. Even though months is not like enough time, it's better than waiting to the last minute, right? Yeah. Before he did all that, like the U.S.'s like ability to control a pandemic, we were rated like number one. And what's it going to be now? We're number one in in, in the cases that we have. Um, uh, back in back in January, uh, the CDC issued a health advisory. Um, people in his his cabinet were were trying to apparently they're according to this document that they were trying to reach uh, or have a they're according to this they were trying to have a, a conversation with Trump. about the virus and he just changed the conversation to to vaping yeah that's that's important showing how serious this is you know um he fucking fell asleep in one of the meetings too oh dude fell asleep that's just absolutely fucking awesome um and and by end of january that's when people started hoarding masks um people people are trying to reach out for him to take it seriously and apparently he wasn't like you said he fell asleep during it and then he started the travel ban and um it's just all fucking downhill from there dude like he just he just blew it off it's oh it's, it'll it'll be fine by the summertime nah not true bro it's just not how what's how it's going to go be, it'll be fine by april ugh it is not fine right now. Just the fucking worst, dude. And it, and it continuously like blowing it off um, has just made everything like I, they, 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 they put out these graphs that say like, oh, this is what like the intended like expected impact if you don't do anything is. And then here it is like if you do do something kind of like to make people feel reassured. But I'm like, 
I'm thinking like as much as he's fucking stalled on this and as many ways he's stalled on this, I have a feeling we're going to be beyond what their like smaller little graph showed. Like this is where we could be, you know, uh, I think it's going to be somewhere in, in between worst case scenario and like the tip uh, the high point of of the best case scenario, dude. The other day he said, "If a million people die, then that means he did a good job." Oh, uh, well, was it that or was it like a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand or less than a million? And he throws out a million, says, "Hey, it didn't get to a million." Remember when I said, "If it got to a million, we did a good job." Only eight hundred thousand people died. We did it amazing. And, and and that's the thing is his tone has just been. You know, whatever. Let's let's you know we're gonna we're gonna take care of this. And the whole the whole thing that that sort of blew my mind was that what's on sort of display is like his his response has been largely guided by this like well the government doesn't have to do anything like the federal government like you know it's this whole like conservative like right wing thing about like we don't want big government stepping in and you know yeah. uh trying to like you know lay its heavy hand upon the land you know it's, it's all about the states and stuff like that and and that's like the whole playbook in, in conservatism is is their whole rallying against the federal government of doing all this shit except when it fits their you know agenda like abortion or um drugs and imprisoning people and shit like that and and that's that's the whole thing that i i I can get from his response is that because he started saying like back at you know sometime in sort toward the middle of the month like it's like the government's not a shipping clerk and he's like you know this is up to the states it's up to the states to to get all this equipment and it's like like bro like donald trump uh it's it's like no like it's not up to the states to do it because it, and then he, what he's effectively doing is you know taking taking responsibility off his hands for of course for ge- getting the supplies and we don't have any of the fucking supplies we don't even have we don't have enough tests and to begin with and that was the whole thing he's like uh we're, we're working on it we're working on the tests but the government's not a shipping clerk and governors are supposed to be doing all this work and they're doing it um but the 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 Federal government's not supposed to be spending money on this stuff and shipping it. You know, we're not a shipping clerk. To paraphrase what he said, um, yeah, and 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 that's the thing is, is um, so once once the outbreak started rising, and and at first he was like, oh well, you know, whatever. This this is no big deal. Uh, it's only a few cases. Then it started getting more cases, and he's like, "Well, it looks like you now we have like over 100, 120, 130, you know." But it's it's going to be contained. It's not a big It'll problem. It'll be down to zero in two weeks. At that point, states started you know realizing, and it's like this weird thing because you don't want to fucking NHL, the NFL, the NBA, like they all fucking like no, let's fucking cancel our seasons before the government did anything. Right, right, like and then it's like okay, companies well, were making the decisions before any kind of leadership. Right, and that's and that's kind of what played into what he wants. He wants the companies to 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 do it. So, um, with and this whole like you know obsession with the market and and uh, just letting things play out. Like every every uh, municipal government is is operated as a business and. Um, they're supposed to, you know, just do it for themselves because that's another right wing thing is like states' rights, and it's like, okay, well, there's this weird like contradiction here where, where the right wing talking point is, well, the states, the states have their own say, so they should do it themselves, 
But then, I want it's then, a fucking national emergency. A national emergency, but then at the same time, you're like, okay, well, it kind of plays into like our favor, and depending on which state you live in, because uh, we have a complete moron in charge of the government. So if he, if it was completely up to him, we probably wouldn't even be on lockdown right now. You know what I mean? So this the state, the state governors did hop on it, and some even haven't. Florida still not on lockdown apparently. Florida needs to be cut off and pushed away. Yeah, and that's that's the crazy thing is is uh, they were saying back in the, you know a couple of weeks ago that uh, states were were competing with one another and sending people to China and all these other places to get um, ventilators and equipment because because they they the federal government isn't organizing the effort because he refused to do the um. Defense Protection Act. So it's like, well, it's up to the states. It's not. It's not my fault because he doesn't want to be in trouble if the government has trouble getting it. So it's all about his fucking image and not about just saying like, let's do it. And isn't it weird? And let me ask you this: Don't you think we should be able to produce these things? It's absolutely crazy that it's 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 such a like foot dragging effort to produce the the equipment that we need. So what happens when we ship all of our fucking manufacturing jobs overseas? It's just it's just crazy because you think that like even even in that aspect, I understand like the huge big factories and we've outsourced a lot of jobs, you know, to you know, so corporate profits can be higher and stuff like that. But it's like there's still machinery and production productive capacity in the United States, and it's like they're not going to do it until the government orders them to do it. And that's the thing. He was also like. Well, working his whole thing this whole time with all these stupid um, speeches that he gives and briefings he gives every day has been uh, let's let's have our good friends in the business community come out and, and talk for a little bit. And they go out there and they, you know, elbow bump him and 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 talk good on Trump and talk about how great the business community is and how, how much we love our, our business leaders, our business roundtable. Like, like he thinks he's trying to, like, paint it as if they're heading the way on. And they'll voluntarily do it because if he invokes the DPA, then it's going to make them um, get scared because we don't want to nationalize the businesses. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you did that months ago, if you did that months ago, we would be in a way better situation now. Yep. And that's, that's what has been like blowing my mind this whole time is like Bernie is, was out there saying, you know, Trump needs to utilize this. And he's just, no, no, not going to do it. We're not, we don't want to be like Venezuela and nationalize. It's like, you're not nationalizing these, these businesses. You're saying by decree of national, you know, emergency, as if it was like a war or something like that, we're ordering you to, you know, do this. We need, you have the machinery. We're ordering you to make all these masks and stuff. And it's, he's been dragging ass for the last, like, Two months, really, but I mean, on, on he finally invoked it, but it's just fucking dark. It's just dark, and just it just shows yeah. how, like, I don't know. Well, the more people that die, the less people that vote, less people that vote. So it's kind the of less game plan. The less competition he has, uh, you know, and it's like I think if anything, I mean, I know New York is sort of the epicenter now, but I bet you anything these these red states are going to get it bad too. And it sucks for the people living there because 
uh, I think it, I don't know which state it was. One of the governors was like, we're not going to go on lockdown. We're not going to be like China. And I'm like, oh, man, just the absolute most, you know, professional and genius people um, leading the way on this. We're not going to lock down. We're not we're not going to trample on your freedoms uh, for this virus that came from China with all their racist ass fucking Oh, have you seen the fucking pointing. coronavirus challenges people have been doing? What? Fucking lick, they've been like licking public things, like doorknobs and. This is an actual thing. The grocery- yeah, one girl licked a fucking toilet seat on an airplane. Dude, that is just like levels <laughs> beyond my comprehension <laughs> right now. Like, I'm, yeah, we're so fucked. Uh, and it, and it's it's it, his reluctance to do that has been partly influenced by big business. I remember reading that um, uh, he they didn't want him to initially do it, um, but he finally did because I think it's starting to get out of hand. And and, and he was on the on Fox News saying Andrew Cuomo wants like forty thousand ventilators. I don't know why they need that many. And it's like uh yeah. <laughs> you know that like usually it's just one person per ventilator i think they've been stretching it out to like two people but um there's a lot of people that are sick man so that's why they need it and and he just blows it off blows it off as if it's not his fault it's not it's not his responsibility it's the, up to the states to compete and they were often competing with the government at times and it was driving prices up and, and it's just it's just weird uh it's actually it's just it's just this like fetish is just like they they they're so it's like a religion they're like so like like a cult dude it's like a fucking death yeah. cult <laughs> yeah oh well there was this this texas this tech uh, lieutenant governor from texas and he was basically saying he was on there and he, on tucker Carl, carlson and this like was like a really dark point i was like Okay, so Trump's refusing to do the Defense uh, Production Act at the time, and he was saying, "Oh, I want, I want uh, to open up the economy by Easter. It'd be nice to have people to be able to go back in church around Easter." And I'm like, "You're gonna get all these fucking people sick and possibly killed. A lot of them likely killed. You're, you, you, you're all about the economy, man. You're talking about opening. Op- he was literally talking about opening up the economy, and, and after a couple weeks, so like by." Easter, uh, that yeah, would be he's trying to get as many people to go to his church pot as possible, so kill <laughs> as many Christians as possible. You know, back in the early days of the internet, there was a lot of like Obama's the Antichrist, George Bush is the Antichrist. I haven't, I haven't, I mean, I haven't been looking, but um, <laughs> I, I'm, sh- I'm sure you'll find a website or two where people will be talking about that. But yeah, I was like, he actually, this was like a week or two ago, and it was like, okay, so in two or three weeks' time. He's gonna have. He's gonna open this up when we're at the peak of it. I was like, man, talk about blood sacrifice to like some ancient demon god or something. Like, I'm sure people are rolling about I, that. I just don't see how this is gonna get better. And well, when they're talking like that, no. And then that that governor from Texas went on Tucker Carlson, and he's like, you know, um, I think we 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 just need to, you know. No one's asked me, you know, as a senior citizen, um, you know, what am I going to do about my survival? Or, I mean, uh, what chances am I willing to take on my survival? Um, you know, like, uh, we, we have to keep the economy going. We have to think about our children's future. And I'm like, 
you want Bro, them to grow up in the same America you grew up in, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like sacrifice so, for it. So all these fucking people are unemployed. Uh, a lot of people don't know how they're gonna pay rent. Ten percent higher than the fucking Great Depression. Right. Yeah. In yes. like seventy-two fucking hours, it is insane. It is, and and all these people are laid off because or out of work, um, or have their hours cut. Uh, because because all non-essential businesses are shut down, and this guy is going on TV and just talking about how he, you know no one asked me, but I would totally sacrifice myself for the economy. And I'm like, okay, well, step up, bro. Go <laughs> go go, out go start make... cleaning the fucking hospitals. Help yeah, them out. Go, go man. Go be a helping hand in one of the hospitals where they're using trash bags because there's not enough equipment. Trash oh. bags. To cover them isn't America great? And this guy is talking about opening up the economy, and I'm like, all the people that are saying shit like this, they're so obsessed with money, and that's all they fucking care about that they don't give a fuck if you guys get sick and die. And during a pandemic, oh, we got to send people back to work. It's hurting our numbers here. Yeah, it's not that was a really very good quarter. Yeah, we got to think about the, the the profits here. So let's get these people back to work. You know, anyone who's healthy can go back to work. <laughs> You're going to tell a whole bunch of people that are that are isolating and, and trying to prevent and flatten the curve. Yeah, just go back to work. We need to open up um, the shoe store. We need to open up, um, you know, the doggy groomers. Yeah, we got to do that. We need to open up hair salons. And it's like, you know, I get these people want to make a living and it sucks that everyone's out of work now. but. If we did that, this would be just exponentially worse. It would just be getting worse, and it would keep going on and on and on. And the longer it goes on, the worse it is for the fucking economy. But but see, that's the whole thing about capitalism and these people's profits. They want, they care about right now. They don't care about the future because uh, if they did, we wouldn't, you know, have Exxon lying about climate change for thirty years or whatever, you know. So. Um, they they only care about. Dude, they, we are so we are not prepared to take on climate change when that shit starts getting bad. And, and it really hit home. This is very happened. fucking evident of that. God this damn a, it! This is a trial run for huge climate disasters. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 we're it, doing it, great. That's that's the whole thing. Is is we should be able to have you know the capacity to produce all the things that we need but everything that and and what's what's been shown from this is everything bernie has been talking about has come to light and it's this all it took was was a, a one <laughs> global, fucking worldwide pandemic world well i mean it's it's it, it was always apparent and we always knew it but i feel like it more than ever now people are, are getting the picture and it's like look we've been talking about how important it is for people to have access to healthcare, <laughs> and now we're in a situation where they're using trash bags for protective <laughs> equipment. Um, oh. t- talking about how important it is to have a, a social safety net that you know prevents people from you know falling into poverty, and now there's a ton of fucking people that are unemployed. Yep. Um, while the while they are working are usually people that aren't really making a living wage, right? And, and unless you're in the hospitals like that, I mean, uh, we're essential workers, but you know what? I get paid dick. 
going going to work is kind of scary and um i haven't heard any, any anyone talking about giving us hazard pay we're not look i'm not facing the public like uh grocery store people are um and what they're doing that would scare me way more than what i'm doing but oh. i haven't stopped going to work and and on one hand it's like okay well yeah i have a paycheck and that, that's cool but on the other hand i'm thinking is this paycheck worth getting sick or getting, you know, the people that I'm around often sick? And it, it, it's kind of, it's scary to think about. And it's like, all this is hanging over our head. Well, we have this absolute moron, <laughs> this absolute moron in charge. And it's like, it, it's just frightening the, what it's turned into. And it's like all the things that he, that Bernie had been talking about. There's going to be some kind of like PTSD or like psychosis or paranoia or something that spreads through the population from this shit. If it keeps going on. Well, it's just, I mean, being isolated, people aren't used to this and that's, you know, people are used to going out and being consumers and people are used to, to being able to spend money and stuff like that and go see their, just the, the freedom of just living of not, I, I mean, I'm sort of introverted. I don't mind being at home. Um, other than that, I'm, you know, not like super out and about and stuff like that. But it can, you can, it can wear on you and it can wear on a lot of people. And a lot of people are, are suffering. It's like, yeah, like, Jake all, I mean, yeah he, he got COVID, COVID crazy last year. Yeah. And that, that's the thing is there's, there is a lot, a lot of having to wrestle with, you know, rapid change happening so soon. It's also a, a crisis of confidence because you have an absolute moron in charge. And it's like, well, shit, now all these people are unemployed. And we're just, you know, going to give them a $1,200 check one time. <laughs> yeah. Bernie, Bernie was talking about how we need affordable housing, right? Now all these people yeah. can't pay rent. What's going to happen? What's going to happen when the rents do? It's going to get bad. They're giving people like a few months of relief, but people are going to need more than a few fucking. But you're still going to owe money, right? The the bills are still going to going to add up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are adding like you have to start paying a little bit more for your the next year and a half Mm -hmm. to pay back what you skipped. Others are just adding like. Say you took three months off, they're just going to add three months to the end of your mortgage or rent. So, like, some of them are okay, but some of them are like, well, you miss a month, you got to pay double next month. And meanwhile, corporations get, you know, they, they can't, since they're not operating as usual, they're missing out on all these profits. And, you know, they can get, they'll get the bailout money, but uh, are they going to lay employees off? Are they going to pass some of that money on to their, the workers that are still working now or that have been affected by this? probably not no. they'll probably just buy back no. their stocks or something yep and and that's that's the crazy thing is like we bernie's been talking and beyond bernie people have just been talking the activists and people have been talking about the need for affordable housing the need for Britney spears <laughs> yeah comrade <laughs> Britney spears um the need for for a better paying jobs um because no one has any money on their savings the need for healthcare and stuff like that, and 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 now you have these people, the front Trader Joe's and Ralph's and every grocery store is like frontline workers now, trying to get everyone all the food they need and try not to die over toilet paper. I still can't find fucking toilet paper. <laughs> Thank it, God, it, I had a every, bunch before all this started. I think it comes in waves, but I mean, it's like. 
the fact that people were loading up on that before anything else is just kind of mind blowing. <laughs> you can still find all the rice and beans and fucking. If you're soap. lucky, sometimes the rice and beans are out. Well, now, but I've, at first, the first time I went to the store when this all happened, everything was pig dry. Ooh, yeah, that was a surreal moment. Nothing. That was that was a real moment, dude. But I was still able to find bags of rice. And yeah, and and you're lucky if you could get that. But I remember the first time I walked in there and things were like shells were gone. I was like, "Oh shit, this is." It just was weird. And then and then you know that first moment, it was weird. And then I remember going to like a like a CVS or something like that, and like I looked over and I saw this guy walk in, and he kind of did the same thing I did: this slow, like just turning around observation of, <laughs> Dude, "Wow, was, this is was... fucking weird." It was a moment I'll fucking always remember. Yeah, that first moment where you realize that, like, people are starting to panic and freak out. Yep. How fucking yeah. unprepared I was. And uh, it, if it, I knew it's... there was a pandemic, I would have got this fucking backyard garden going before I built this fucking bar. <laughs> yeah, the essentials, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but the thing is, you don't, you don't ever, you can't really predict the future yeah. and stuff like that and we don't know what's going to happen in it and that's the thing that a lot of people are afraid about is everything's so uncertain now but there are some some you know people are talking about rent strikes which hey if you if it comes down to food or paying your rent you i think fucking food food comes first and um amazon and instacart and other other workplaces are you know going on strike because they're going they're 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 going into work when people are testing positive and they're not being getting paid sick leave they're you know having uh if 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 people are you know taking time off or sick leave then uh they're having different like other people come in just hiring people off and they're just hi- having people that donate their fucking vacation time right and and, and they it just that this whole thing with everyone working and being unemployed or if you get to work from home it shows that this whole crisis, just like every other crisis, just like every other, just the reality of, of everyday life in America and around the world is that the tide starts rising from the bottom and the people that are at the bottom get affected the most because, you know, I can't work from home. Yeah. I mean, we could, but my job doesn't have it set up that way. So there's no doing that. You can't work from home, right? You can't deliver shit from home. I'm the world's best drone. Yeah. And and that's the thing. It shows that that like Amazon only gives a shit about profits. They won't shut down a a, a warehouse and and disinfect it and shit um because it's going to it's going to affect their like, you know, slightly delayed shipping times. Um so people are just going to be getting sick left and right even though there it, it could be all over the boxes in there or other people could be spreading it. Um, the reality is, you know, that all the people in that saying that Imagine video and all the celebrities, they don't have to worry about going back to work. Yeah, they're, they could be held up for a few years in their comfy-ass man. And they can just pay someone to get their groceries, but all of us, we have to... <laughs> we can't do that shit. And that, that shows that the divide, and that shows this, it, it, this whole crisis, and it's weird that it took a pandemic to kind of, like, really hit it home. But uh, it kind of reminds me of, of you've seen the movie Seven, right? Yeah, it's been a long time. Well, there's a scene in the movie Seven 
the the bad guy is in the back of the police car. If you haven't seen Seven, spoiler alert, uh, he's he's back I there. Think, and like, I think it's been long enough. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so uh, they and and he's in the back of the car and he's saying sometimes you have to hit people over the head with a sledgehammer to get them to pay attention. And you know, as dark as that sounds, and as like you know, kind of maybe even he's you know, malicious as that sounds, it's, it's just, he's just illustrating a point that people don't pay attention until, you know, shit hits the fan. Or I've been saying for years, fan. like, we're not going to have real change in this country until we hit, like, a fucking Great Depression or something. People start starving. Right. Hungry people don't stay hungry for long. Yeah. Everyone's too comfortable. And that, and that's the thing is, is no one had time. No one ha- ever has time. And now all people have is time and wondering how they're going to pay rent and how they're going to eat food. And, and it, this shows that like these like celebrities doing their like, oh, we're going to, you know, do all these little videos and be cute while we're sitting here in our fucking mansion. Uh, they aren't going to have to go to work if Trump wants to reopen the economy. They're not going to have to do shit. They're just fine. So. It, it it just shows one of how... them looked like they're in a fucking villa. Yeah, dude. Like they could have built two more houses on their fucking driveway. I don't need inspirational quotes from those people. If they want to do anything, they can they can cough up some some money or something like that because everyone else is is hitting that hard and. Um... It just shows how how divided the, the it pulls the veil back. We've been saying that it pulls the veil back and shows how how rigid those class lines are, right? Because you know, you miss some mortgage payments, you miss some rent payments. You know, someone's gonna be coming for you. Yeah. And in the real world, you know, we do have eviction uh, moratoriums and shit like that. But it's like, it, it it just shows that like for everyday people, when it comes down to it, there's not much there you know, prevent people from, from hitting the ground hard um, when everything falls down. So, I mean, even between, like, like Back in the day, like, when coal miners would have an accident and, like, say 10 fucking dudes would die, those wives would be, you know, widows and they wouldn't be able to work for themselves and pay for their mortgages because that's what the husband did. Mm-hmm. So the community around them would not let the bank sheriffs or anyone and take the home from them. but he can't do that these days because we all live in big ass cities for the most part right well i mean people fucking, like no one's gonna come together and try to support your neighbor who's gonna about to lose their house those right. days are done but, so if someone comes you're just fucked the atomization is there but i think i think there's definitely i mean that is an uh, an opening for for people to do that, you know, I mean, that that's where, like, you know, that whole question of, well, how are we going to actually change things happens, you know? And, I mean, that's where solidarity and, and having some sense of community there would help greatly, right? But, you know, in, in yeah. the system... Does anyone that we, know the names of three of their neighbors these days? That's true. I mean, we live in an atomized society that's been, you know, it's all for me and and whatever for thee. Now, yeah, I think you, you hit on a really important point because we're so separated. It makes it harder to do the things that we should be doing, right? Yeah. And and I think I think maybe people will will realize that, you know. I mean, ideally, you hope it would come to that. Um, I hope it comes to it before shit gets too worse. 
I mean, all we have is one another. You know what I mean? And it does happen. Those, those, those acts of solidarity and those acts of kindness and those acts of empathy and caring for one another, they do happen. And a lot of times you don't hear about them um, unless you're you know, looking in the right spots. But That uh, one saying, uh, whenever there's a tragedy, look for the people helping. That uh, you feel better sometimes. Oh, like look towards the people that that are helping. Yeah, I can see a suicide bomber like blow something up in London. It's like, oh wow, that's fucked up. This world sucks. But then if you look, you see a hundred people trying to help right after. Oh, then you see, yeah, you see, you see where where goodness prevails through all the darkness, right? Yep, but it takes a fucking tragedy for that. God, fucking mosquitoes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh, I hate mosquitoes. It takes a tragedy, yeah. And I don't know about you, but I do not really, really want anyone I know or anyone else out there to have to sacrifice themselves for the fucking economy. <laughs> oh, I can name a few fucking. What? I said I can name a few fucking people I like to see sacrifice themselves. <laughs> well, any, any, any. I don't any know per- personally, but. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Just right. saying, they're out there. Yeah, Rand, Rand I get what you mean. You know, you say in the quiet part loud. I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's we're this is just unfolding. You know, it, it's been a while since we've done a an episode to talk about this. It's been hard to talk about these things, you know, and it's hard it's hard to do it. But it, it can be, you know, good in a way to have have these conversations to you know kind of get a sense of everything because there's so much shit happening every day. It's hard to keep up with all the bullshit Trump's saying all the, and you know, every conference that they have or every meeting that they have or briefing is a way to spin it to make it look good for them. Of course. It's all about getting the narrative out there. Yeah. And and spinning it and saying how, how good they're doing. But at the end of the day, with the amount of suffering that that's happening and unfortunately will happen, I don't think, I don't, just the, the absolute shittiness of his handling and, and ineptness and isn't his approval rating fucking going up i think so i think people people are are like saying oh he's you know there's like a like a more than half are saying like oh he's he's handling this well and i think that happens just like george bush like they totally fucked up with 911 and the security warnings and everything just like this uh, and his approval ratings went up because you know there's a tragedy now. Things are pretty high after 9/11. Yeah, they all the pay- skyrocketed. And this is like 2911s or more, um, <laughs> or could be, you know. And and that's the thing. Hasn't there like, already been more people that have died than on 9/11 from this already? Well, globally, a lot of people have died. I, I don't know globally. what what number we're sitting at now. I think we're close. If I think it's been a, a couple thousand, so it's it's gonna surpass that. Um, oh, but it, you know, it it also also you know, looking towards the future, it's like what's gonna happen? Is there gonna be an election? Like, how are people gonna vote? I know they wanted to start doing mail by voting, and then Trump was like, "More people voting, then you'll never get a Republican elected." <laughs> Just <laughs> straight up blatant fucking out there. 
And it's like, oh, and the, the very flimsy democracy, representative democracy that we have, like, you know, someone's straight up admitting that, like, the more people vote, um, the worse it is for their political party. Cool. Yeah. We're going to have a fucking weekend at Bernie's president. <laughs> yeah. Well, Joe I mean, Biden fucking pulled up there on strings. If he wins. If he wins. And, like... That's that's another whole thing that we hadn't even touched upon was just this and people to the polls when all this was happening and they tried to blame it on Bernie. Oh, he should just drop out. He should just drop out because people are going to get sick. But it's like, this isn't him. It's the DNC. It's all this. Now, how about you postpone the fucking elections? Yeah, do it by mail. And now do it by mail. Yeah. Now a bunch of poll workers are sick. Yep. That that did it. Um, in uh, I believe it was Chicago, was it Chicago, or it was Florida for sure, and um, Michigan. I think a bunch of poll workers are sick. Yeah. So Joe said and, it would be fine. And Joe Biden's been hiding away while Bernie's been doing roundtables and everything, and it, it it's just raising it, millions. And it's just yeah, and helping out charities and stuff, and it's like, well, the worst of all scenarios had had come to play. Joe Biden to touch on something I said before, like everything changed in this. I I think I and you and a lot of people out there would feel a lot better if Joe Biden had not, you know, done well on Super Tuesday. And if Bernie was still like the front runner, like challenging this, he him being on the TV uh, everywhere, like taking on everything that's going on, being the, the the exact opposite of what Trump is being, wouldn't you feel a lot better? Yeah, you'd have some fucking hope in the future. Like, oh, but it's now, not going to be complete shit forever. And that's what, that's what makes me want to, like, touch on this, just because I'm uh, the last episode we had talked about, I had said, you know, Joe Biden had gotten earned media, and it really, and you can look this up in the Columbia Journalism Review, that this whole, like, election, no one's been voting on policy. No one gives a shit about that. They just want to get rid of Trump, right? Yep. And is that a good thing to not care about policy or is it, is it, what do you think about that? Do you think that it's a good way to like go about this super important? No, it's election? a fucking terrible thing. Cause we needed a revolution in this country before we got the Trump. So it's, it's, it's just saying... go back to the same shit. It's all going to happen again. So it, that's a pretty novel idea there, isn't it? That, you know, Hey, a little bit. Who would have thought? <laughs> that hey we need to change things here right that yeah, but, maybe you know, we're the greatest country in the world though why do we need to change anything just all we need to do is get back to normal get back to before covid get back to before trump and um just restart from uh 2000 uh 2016 um as if it went the right way the way we wanted it to yeah, that that'll do it. So, I definitely would feel better if Bernie it was the leader. But what happened um, on, at that time? You know, I know it's kind of a moot point now. But he got the, the thing about that blew my mind about this, and I couldn't stop thinking about it was that that motherfucker won South Carolina, a state that no one ever fucking gives a shit about in terms of uh, predicting how who's going to win the Democratic. Uh, nomination to be president he what happened was he won that state 
And then the media just sprung on it. He got a hundred million or however many millions of earned media, which is called free media. Yeah, I thought he was fucking done after that. And, I thought that was and, gonna be like Joe's final stand, and then just everyone fell in line. Everyone fell in line, and and it kind of was a reality that we were up against. We really that was showing. Like it seemed like the establishment was sort of getting a run for its money. Not so much. They they, they had made- one. Fuck you, we're here. They had that trick up their sleeve, right? Yeah. So that, that, that article in the Columbia Journalism Review from the you know, university uh, said that it was just... In the, it's the, uh, the title of the article is The Media t- uh, Primary. And it pretty much said this whole thing with electability, with... It with with all the narrative that was shaped by the media just sold it for everyone. Everyone was tired. They they're not voting for policy. They might they they like uh, Medicare for all, but hey, you know what? It's all about electability. Even though just that that told who's gonna win. Yeah, and people just fell in line. A lot of people fell in line, and you have to you know we do have to admit that not everyone's a progressive. A lot of people just want to vote and get it over with, and a lot of right, people were the, tired. We're the minority. Yeah, and and but it's still a significant portion. But um, you know, not everyone's a democratic socialist, or every not everyone, you know, left of someone who would support you know Bernie or whatever. At that point, we had like thirty democratic candidates, and then it came down to this, and they just boosted Joe. They boosted Joe. They boosted him, and said, "This is it." Oh, he won. Like you don't fucking win South Carolina, and everything just falls into favor for you after you just <laughs> lost three states. All right, so. Uh, I'm just going to read a little bit from that article. Um, it's called the the media primary, and essentially, it, it it pretty much just outlines what happened and how the media shaped this, you know, sort of boosting of Joe uh, Biden. So it, it pretty much talks about how everyone dropping out and endorsing Joe was a boost, um, and it it definitely helped, and it helped give him the the attention and that earned media. So what it says here was uh, one big factor, and it was the media. Uh, one Biden aide said he wrote an earned media tsunami heading into Super Tuesday after South Carolina, um, and he profited from a made-for-TV moment after t- made-for-TV moment where earned media refers essentially to airtime a candidate didn't pay for, um, like when MSNBC carried at that time his Monday night rally before Super Tuesday with Klobuchar and O'Rourke. Um, endorsing him without interruption and for a significant length. Um, and there was a firm that monitored, you know, how much it was worth in monetary value. And it came out to around 70 to, and then some estimates, if you look up other articles, will say more than 70 million up to a hundred million, maybe even more. Um, but, uh, the main thing moving, you know, the electorate, according to one pundit was the national media, and uh, aides to a lot of Democratic campaigns had mentioned that they were stunned by the degree to which conversation taking place on cable and national news has impacted the trajectory of the race. Um, you know, and obviously it's the media is not the sole reason why this happened, but they had a huge influence in it. And, you know, besides people being tired and just wanting to know who it was after a 30 um, person race has now come down to just a few people down to two people. They're just looking for the nod from, from the establishment. And it also, you know, all the negative press and all the 
the um, burden of proof that Bernie had to provide for his ideologies rather than the burden of proof being on centrists whose ideologies for the last however many years ended up giving rise to Trump because there hasn't been any change. So the fact that, you know, there's this constant negative light casted and the media boosted this, the DNC worked with the media to make this moment happen. It's obvious. It's obvious that this was their their last Hail Mary and it worked. And I hate that the fact that this could get lost because this is the nexus. This is the point in which everything changed from being Bernie having the lead to this just it's hard to say it's not manufactured. It's hard to say it's not just, you know, well, we command most of the the electric's perceptions. So this is what we're going to go with. And and unfortunately, it worked because that's the whole thing is I feel it's going to get lost in all this is that the media is way too powerful in shaping the narrative. And people pay. And this is partly due to Trump because uh, Trump, you know, is all. From his side, it's definitely going to get lost in this. Like, how long ago does that feel? It feels like it was months ago. (laughs) It feels like we were talking about 2016. And that's what sucks is Trump rallies against the media in this really vain way because it hurts his feelings. But Bernie, you know, will rally against the media because it's a corporate power that shapes the perception of of people um, to accept ideas that serve corporate power. And they're going to rally against Bernie because he's against, you know, concentrated corporate power and, and the like. And he's for Medicare for all and, and, and funding public radio stations and shit like that. And they really, really had a huge influence on this. And really, you know, saw that opening to just influence people. It fucking sucks. Yeah, they fucking ruined the country. And... It's like if not... I go to the if I get fucking COVID and I go to the hospital, I am so fucked. Like I'll lose my fucking house, I bet. And that's 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 the shitty part is like we still have Joe Biden, the candidate, saying you know we we just need to work on Obamacare. We don't, I'm I'm gonna double down and say I'm not for single payer healthcare or Medicare for all. And it's like, dude, you are just not seeing the way the wind is blowing, and it fucking sucks and everyone that cheers joe biden on oh he can't even see what he thought about five minutes ago he's got fucking dementia and and that's that's the whole that's the shitty part about this it's like you're gonna talk about how this election's so goddamn important how the future's so goddamn important but you're putting up this guy who is not is, is just shitting in the face of voters that he needs and no one wants to be told to, to, to fall in line, per se. I know there's a bunch of other supporters of other candidates that don't want to be told to fall in line and support Bernie. But if you really believe about change in, in the future, then uh, he would have been in. I mean, he's still in it, but he, he, he would be the best choice. And you know what? Uh, I know a lot of people got down and sad, but, you know, it, it is bigger than Bernie, too. You know what I mean? I think he knew going into this that. You know, it's it's bigger than him. And he said it too, right? Yeah. Bernie's just the vessel. Yeah. And one one vessel among this. There'll be know. there'll be another one after him. And it doesn't end and I think a lot of people, you know, sort of I mean, because of everything that's happened, the the election's sort of like an afterthought now at this point. And we're just trying to get yeah. through through the day to day. Yeah, through a All fucking pandemic. Is, yeah. 
that's that's the main focus, and rightfully <laughs> so now. I, I think Bernie knows that. He never thought it would have happened like this either, but all we can do is continue onwards because, um, shit, I told you 2020 was going to be a shit show. And... <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> it's the worst. I remember, like, texting, like, you know, in the group text or something. I said, yo, 2020 is going to be a fucking shit show. I didn't. This is beyond shit show now. <laughs> it's all because I wanted to actually do something for my birthday this year, and I get a fucking pandemic. Brought death gonna... upon the world. Rain check on that, man. But all we can do <laughs> is stay inside and keep social distancing and hope people around you come to their senses. Because, uh... yeah. Yep. <laughs> the future depends. The future depends on it. Future All depends right. on you staying home and watching Netflix. That's for some people. That's a little bit too much to ask, right? Yeah, I want a fucking taco. <laughs> hey, man, I love tacos too. And once this is all over, we're gonna get some tacos. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Because we live in California, and we have the best tacos. Yeah. I'll get some in 2022. <laughs> well, let's hope not, man. I can't go that long without some awesome California tacos. All right. All right. Stay the fuck home. Peace. Peace.